Good morning, everybody. My name is uh, Pastor Mona Stevens. I'm the lead pastor of uh, Living Hope. I want to thank you for those that are in-house and also those that are joined us, uh, have joined us online. Uh, we're starting a new series called Walking in Victory. And this is part one. It is the introduction. And we're going to go on in the next six weeks to show us how, how do we walk in victory? And why is it that even though the scriptures and the word of God is fairly clear about our position, that we should be walking in freedom, we should be more than overcomers, we should walk in victory. But yet there are so many of God's people who have missed some, some really some deep um, doctrinal foundations to help us really move forward. And we actually don't understand that there's two paths before us in life. And I'm going to explain that and just go through this in the last six weeks. And I'm hoping that with the understanding and the foundation, there, there will be something that will enter in your your, your soul, and you're going to understand that you do not have to settle for less than what the Word of God says. The Word of God says something. God, Jesus, you know, died and rose again for that reason so that we can actually walk in a pattern of victory in our lives. And so we know, all of us, we all have a testimony here today, do we not? of how difficult we have found it hard to maintain that victory in our lives. And I'm here to tell you, we're under a God of grace, of hope, of joy, of forgiveness, of peace. And he is there and he wants us to settle some things in the next six weeks. Because I've seen way too many people of God go, get, get uh, you know, uh, pushed off guard or get, you know, just a waver way too much in their position in Christ. They, they don't understand what is given to us because of the new covenant, because of what Jesus did. And I, I see it, and I know in my heart, I, I, I sensed it this morning even coming in and sensed it all week how God's people are so discouraged, how they are overwhelmed, how the circumstance in life pressures. You see, it's not just one person. But in those pressures, in those trials, in those setbacks, God puts before, her to, before us two paths. And I want to, to make this clear, but today I want to actually show you why is it that we can proclaim that we can walk in victory? All right, why is it we can say this? I, 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 watched, I saw this quote I want to share with you before we start. It says, the greatest blunder Christians commit upon experiencing victory over sin lies in not using the way of victory to sustain it. Not using the way of victory to sustain it. Instead, they try to perpetuate the victory by their own work, uh, by their own works and determination. That means in our own strength, we try to maintain and perpetuate this victory. And listen, I'm telling you, beloved, if we do not follow the ways of God, then we will experience more defeat, discouragement, despair, and the more struggles that we will get. There is Jesus makes it very clear in the word of God. And so what does the Bible say about walking in victory? Well, I'm going to make it very clear. And I can actually even stop my message after this comment, this statement. Jesus is our victory. He is our victory. The victory is secure because of what Christ did, not because of any efforts we put forth. All who trust him as Savior and Lord and confess their sins, that means they've repented, are assured of this victory that I'm talking about. 
and all the benefits that brings, that comes along that victory, that comes along with that freedom, joy, peace, sustaining power, the ability to do the impossible, an ability to have faith and to believe, just things that most people wouldn't even understand. See, Galatians 5.1 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Then it says, stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. See, in this freedom, he has given us a new authority. He's given us a new nature, a new heart, a new mind. Who needs a new mind today? Uh, Because our minds are really funky and we get so stuck in our minds because, you know, whatever is in our mind will actually dictate our behavior. And that's why the Bible says, let's renew our minds, beloved. Let's renew it together. And so in this, in this freedom, we have a new authority, the power to live a life of victory. So why aren't we living a life of victory? Jesus already died. He doesn't have to die again. He's done the work. He rose from the dead. So how does God give victory? We don't get victory by fighting for it or wrestling the devil. Victory is ours through faith. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says this, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Now, we are in the world, but not of it. And in this world, we have many troubles. Amen? Amen. But it says here, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith who is, who is that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? When we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died and rose again, it tells us in this scripture that we should overcome whatever problems we have in this life. You see, when I, I have problems, I do, and when I have trials loads. And when I get setbacks, oh, I can't count. What I need to understand is that those things don't have to define me. If I'm in a place of victory, then I know at one point or another, I'll overcome. What I need to do, as you're going to see in the next six weeks, is figure out what does the scripture tell me when I'm faced with a trial and I'm not responding in victory? Because the scripture tells us a whole slew of things. And so here he says it doesn't quite, see, for us to walk in this free, if Jesus is our, is, our, is our victory, it doesn't require a title. You see, some people say, well, you know, I just don't understand. I never went to school. Doesn't matter. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I just, I come from a poor family. Doesn't matter. What matters is that you believe what the scriptures say. If something is something that we have received by faith, this victory, we have received it by faith. Victory doesn't come to us by anything else than Jesus himself. Jesus doesn't just give us victory. The Bible is clear. Jesus is our victory. He does, he does the work for us, in us, and through us by the Holy Spirit. Now, when you are born again, What happens, that new birth, my spirit gets awakened to commune with God. He gives me a new heart so that I can understand his ways. He gives me a new mind so I don't get so muddled from my past. He gives me a new identity, praise the Lord, because the old identity was so shame-based that all I can do is self-condemn. 
But God gives me all of these new things through the Holy Spirit at that new birth. And now after the new birth, we need to do the spiritual process. The question in play here is will we let the Holy Spirit bring us into those paths of victory when we're faced with trials, when faced with trouble, faced with, de- with death, with pain, with wounds, with our past? Will we partner with the Holy Spirit? Because if we don't, then we are going to walk a path. We're going to make a choice. Beloved, there's two paths before us, the path of God and our path. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this, Now thanks be to God, who? God, who always leads us, you and I, in triumph in Christ. That means that no matter what I'm going through, if I actually am real with what I'm going through and I surrender to God and I agree that God is who he says he is, what happens is that he's going to lead me into triumph anyway. But what does the enemy say to us when we are so stuck in our failures? When we've embraced things we should have never embraced, when we practice things we should have never practiced, We need to say this, thank be to God that who always leads me into triumph. I might not feel it today. I might not understand it today, but the word of God says in Jesus, I have victory. And I love this part because he leads us to triumph. And then he says, and through us, you see, when we are walking triumphantly through us, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So as I let God do what he needs to do, and I believe that through Jesus, he's going to get me through this. What happens is there's a sweet fragrance that comes out of me. And I'm, no, it's not my armpits. No, that's not it. it is actually something much bigger than the smell. It's something absolutely amazing. But you see, it's always about belief, isn't it? See, the reason why we get so caught up in our situation and get caught up in our needs and the lies of the enemy is that we choose not to believe that God says, my son has done it all for you, Mona. I've hidden you. I've caused you to come to this place of victory, and you're going to be more than an overcomer. But don't walk by your sight, and do not walk by your emotions. Do what I've asked you to do, and I will pluck you out, and you will experience victory. Victory comes because God is with us and for us. The question is, do you believe it? Having this fragrance of presence, his presence in every place requires a decision, a choice. Do you struggle to walk in victory as a believer? This is the first place you need to start. Do you have a head knowledge of all the Lord provides for you in the way of freedom and peace, but you can't seem to walk in that truth? Again, place of recognition. Can I be honest with myself? While it may take baby baby steps, you can begin to realize that peace and that victory is yours as you learn the truth. Victory has already been won. We don't fight from a place of victory. We are in victory. So let me ask you this. Would walking in victory be easy if we already knew the outcome? Well, some of you, well, the, the guys... We're all invited to watch the hockey game. But some of you might not know, I was really, truly a a big sports fan. 
I don't know what happened. I think I got old. And I, I think I know why I stopped. Because, you know, when I watch a game, uh, I get really excited and I get really overwhelmed with emotion. And it's the same thing when I watch a true story, like a sports event story. Oh, my goodness, my family gives me a wide berth. Because I'm punching and I'm screaming and I'm getting all involved with what's going on. And, you know, it's the same thing. It's a, I, I can barely contain myself when I watch movies, you know, about, you know, a truth. And, and when you see the individual win and all of a sudden they're going through a hard time and you're going through a hard time and you're going through, I mean, you're up and you're down and you're side and you're, and you're going, oh, God, help me. I think you understand. So I'm not the only one. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> So I, 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 I move. So in, in that moment, I am, when I'm watching, I go through all of the emotions, happy, excited, sad, even disappointment if my character in that movie is not really doing well. I feel sometimes a, you know, a loss of hope and, and so on and so forth, and all of a sudden there's a turn in the movie. And he wins! And you're, yay! You know, and you're rooting for that. And you're so excited because the turn goes around and they win. It's so exhausting. So that's probably why I don't watch hockey games too much. Because it's exhausting. But you know what the funny thing is? This is when I watch the replays of hockey games. Like my husband has replays all the time in the living room, and he'll watch the game last week, whatever. And like I know that the game actually had played already, but when I watch a week later, I am no longer feeling the stress or the emotion of the game. Have you ever seen that? You watch it, and I don't sense the emotion nor the excitement. The reason is that I know the outcome. My team already won. And so if you were to use and apply the same logic as a believer, as a follower of the Lord, Jesus Christ, we know that victory has already been achieved through Christ. It's right here in the Word of God. Knowing how it ends should change the way we look and respond to life trials and setbacks. But we don't, beloved. We're so stuck in the here and now in time that we don't understand that in this trial, in this setback, God has already deemed that I'm going to walk in victory. So my job is not to place my, 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 my focus on what I'm going through or what I haven't done well or what has someone has done. Now, you got to go through the pain and the loss and, and the emotion. you got to process it, beloved. I'm, I'm, I'm for that. I do that quickly. But I never build there because if I build there, then what happens is the victory that's already won for me is going to take a long, 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 long. No, no. I truly believe it should never take 20 years to walk in one place. Not according to this word. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we need to to stand on that divine power that God has given us through Christ. And so many times we settle for the lies of the enemy, for the poor beliefs that we've embraced before, even though that we were given new belief. We need to understand, beloved, that God has done a work, and he is faithful, and he is in control. He wants to protect, and he wants to keep his promises. But if you choose the path of your own understanding, if you choose the path to do it your way, then your ability to experience victory. You see, victory is already won, but your ability to experience victory will not come very quickly. 
I am so glad I'm not getting translated today. Because if I was translated, I'd be doing this. <laughs> I am fully aware that God wants to speak to you guys today. If we had to fight like we did in worship this morning, it's because the enemy did not want you to hear this truth. You see, I moved away from the battle in worship and came here and said, God, you already won this victory. I'm going to stand in that victory. Knowing how it ends should change the way we look at things, beloved. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, 58 says this, but, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't quit. Don't give up on your relationship. Don't quit on God. Listen, I know it's not easy to live a life of victory in Jesus. I know that. There are so many factors in play. The factors about sin. When we embrace sin and we practice sin, beloved, our access to God is always there. But the power of that access could be diminished in your life. And that's why so many of us are stuck choosing the wrong path over and over again. Because we do not believe that God gave us the access through his son. We don't believe that 24-7 I could go to God and be real with what I'm struggling with. And understand, I do not have to build there. I could get up from that place of crying out to God and say, God, I choose to believe that you're going to walk me in victory in one moment or another. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to, I'm not going to labor in vain. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to be unmovable, immovable and steadfast. It is so easy to become discouraged and feel beaten down by all of what's going on in the world today and the current events. I know that. But there is a path that leads us to, to victory in the days to come. We need to understand it will always be before us. Jesus is really clear in the Sermon of the Mount, on the Mount that there is only two paths. As a matter of fact, Jesus closes this sermon with a discussion on judgment. You see, a lot of people just read Matthew 7, but you got to read it in the three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's the longest, longest sermon that Jesus preaches, the most amazing one. The Sermon on the Mount is, lasts for three chapters, and so he finishes off on the judgment. And he says here that we first should judge ourselves. Now, he's not talking about self-condemnation. He's talking about evaluating where you're at. Which path do you choose when you have a choice before you? He says, before you judge others. We are walking on the path, one of our own choosing. All of you are walking on the path, one of your own choosing. You see, nobody else put a gun to your head to do that. They might have influenced you in some way, shape, or form, but we have our own will. You understand that. And in this series, we will examine many truths that help us remain on the right path so we can experience that victory that's already been won for us. In Matthew 7, 13 to 27, which we are going to look at for the next six weeks, he starts with um, uh, verse 13, 14, with a command to enter. First, he says, there are two gates, 
narrow and wide. Two ways, narrow and broad. Two destinations, life and destruction. Two groups, few and many. Two kinds of fruit, good and bad. Two kinds of people who confess their faith in Christ, sincere and false. Two kinds of builders, wise and foolish. Two kinds of foundation, rock and sand. Two kinds of houses, secure and unsecure. We either walk on the path of righteousness or the path of destruction. We have a choice. Jesus shows us in this section of scripture that to, uh, what to expect. You see, a lot of times we're saying, well, you know, why is this happening? Why is there bad fruit in my life? It's because somewhere down the road you did not choose the right path. We will discover as we move forward in this series that the word of God, what it says in walking in victory. And just like my illustration I use for my hockey illustration and my movie illustration, most professional players understand the importance of the playbook. One of the keys to our victory is our playbook. That's the word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. That could, could it be the reason why we're never in our word? Because we just don't want the word to show us what we're not doing well? And yet, this is a place of hope, a place of love, a place of forgiveness. And yet, because we don't believe it, because we don't understand how deep and wide God is, his love is for us, we choose another path. We choose and decide according to our feelings, according to our threat meter. You know, we should go back to the word of God. It says here, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do, with, uh, what is right. God uses it to prepare. And this is the key. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, many of us don't find ourselves equipped in our present trials, our present troubles, because we've never seen the importance of God's playbook. Without this playbook, we will not be sure how to execute our next move, how to hear his voice and follow his leading. We not only have the word to make it clear what the path looks like to walk in victory, we have the greatest coach of all time, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. We have a general manager, an owner of all creation, our Lord God. With the correct play, playbook and the guidance from our coach, defeat really should never be an option. Judy Harrell says this, in my daily walk with him, he gives me victory as he teaches me to abide. Abide is partnering, continuing, following something else than our own conscience. Because really, truly, if our conscience is not, it's not trained by the word of God, your conscience will always lead you the wrong way. You see, it doesn't create a standard. You have to give it the standard. We fully don't understand that. The Bible is very clear about who wins in the end. And it's important to know that God has said what God has said about this topic on victory. When we have a firm belief of our true outcome of things, then we actually understand that we might not be experiencing victory here, but it's coming. It's coming. 
We need to stand on his word and the knowledge of who God is. We must lean not on our own understanding, but on what the word of God says in order to make our daily choices. Us, we make our daily choices according to our need. I want it, therefore I'm going to get it. And that really, truly, that's just covetousness. Covetousness is that I go and get whatever I want because I need to be happy and fulfilled. Do you understand, beloved, that nothing in this world can fulfill or satisfy us? And yet we continue to push that, 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 that door. If we walk according to the word, we will experience walking in victory. There is victory in Jesus. God has equipped us to fight through the battles that come our way and walk in victory at every turn. But we must listen and obey. Now, this is a scripture that was um, shared with me this week, and I wanted to share it with you. Isaiah 30, 15, and 16. You see, you're not the only one that's going through this. We can always hear and see a history, a past that we can learn from, beloved. Isaiah here, it's a chapter of woes because God's people weren't listening. And so he sends a warning of woes. And one section he says this. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only in returning to me, that's repentance, and resting in me will you be saved. Where else are we trying to be saved? In our possessions, in our career, in our relationships, in the things that we do and say, or the things that people do and say towards us. In quietness and confidence is your strength. But then he says to the people, but you would have none of it. You said, no, we will get help from Egypt. This is the same Egypt that had them in bondage for 400 years. Does it make any sense that we keep on saying no to the path that God has put before us when he wants us to walk in victory? Does it make any sense that we would bow down to an idol that has no power or strength when we know that our biggest idol is self? You know, we want to be right. We want our rights to do what we want to do when we want to do it. But how is that giving you any freedom? We think that God is restrictive when really, truly, God gives us more freedom than we could ever imagine in him. You see, he covers us, he protects us, he's nurturing us. But when we don't believe he is enough for us, then we'll keep on going elsewhere. We'll go to our Egypts to try to be saved and to get quietness. It's so important to examine our path, our choices, and the result of them. Because some of us, if we were honest today, and maybe as we do, we're coming to an end. Maybe if we come to a place at the altar here today, and if God is saying, I need you to examine, examine your fruit. See, it's a good thing to do so. See, a lot of people say, well, you're not allowed to judge. No, according to this scripture, I am. I can discern your life. And I hope you can discern mine too. Because that's where that unity and that loving in one another is so sound. Because when we are able to be transparent and truthful with one another and the ugliest of the ugliest, we know we've tapped into something much greater than ourselves. Because we are always self-preserving. We're always thinking about ourselves before others. And so at this place, we need to examine what kind of fruit do you have? What about your foundation? 
What kind of foundation? Is it rocky? Is it stand on the rock, Jesus? And even though you're going through a whole lot of stuff, you find yourself going right back to God. You go right back. You want to know, what do you do when you're in trouble? Do you run towards God or do you run away from God? That's a choice, isn't it? When you are in need, when you're down and burdened and the cares are so overwhelming, you can't even think straight. Do you ever ponder to run to God for your security? I beg to defer, beloved, because if I look to the people of God today and it's not an indictment, I just see it, I realize it. There are way too many people who are in bondage and captive to the past, to their emotions, more than they are walking in victory. Beloved, there is something that needs to change in the church today. There is something that we need to embrace because I believe that God wants to come and prepare us for what is coming. But we are a stubborn lot. We do not choose because we are afraid. We don't choose because we do not know. But when you choose, it's still a choice. And sometimes our foundation is so sandy that when the storm comes, your house blows away. Matthew 7, 24 says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. You want to know if you have a rock foundation? How many times do you put into practice when God speaks to you? Don't tell me he doesn't. He speaks all the time. God's activity is everywhere. We need to prepare ourselves in seeking his plan for our lives. And oftentimes when we are not prepared, it leads us to walk through the day without God's direction. And we choose the wrong path, which gives us a bad fruit, bad foundation. You see, it's not anybody else that's doing it, beloved. It's us that do it. See, we can blame, we can rationalize, we can justify. And some of us, hey, listen, I was collateral damage at home for me. And sometimes I'm still collateral damage because the people of God rise up and come against what I stand. And when I stand, when I say I stand, I stand on this word. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But I do know one thing I've done well. I have held on to this word. I have not been shaken with this word. And all of you have seen my life, and I'm not finished. I want to finish off strong. I have a good maybe 15 years if God gives me the permission to stick around that long. But I know I want to choose the right path of righteousness because when I do, I will produce good fruit. When I do, I will be that few that make it. When I do, I will have a foundation that is secure and I will have a foundation of rock. I am understanding now that no matter how deep and wide my issues are and what is going on in my life, I choose to believe Jesus is my victory. He is my victory. So we need to prepare ourselves. We have spiritual enemies who want nothing more than to defeat you. We need to always be prepared to respond. But our help comes from the Lord who sits in the heavenly places for us. And the Holy Spirit will direct your steps if you're only willing to say, God, I'm going to choose your path instead of my own. See, God is a God of wisdom. Galatians 5.25 says, if we are in the spirit, we must keep step. That's my responsibility. It's nobody else's responsibility if I don't keep step in the spirit. 
And then he says, Philippians 4.13 says, we can do everything through Christ who gives us strength. Everything. I love this last quote by Watchman Nee. It says, outside of Christ, I am a sinner. But in Christ, I am saved. Outside of Christ, I am weak. In Christ, I am strong. Outside of Christ, I cannot. In Christ, I am more than able. Outside of Christ, I have been defeated. In Christ, I am already victorious. How meaningful are the words, in Christ. We need to know from where we are fighting and where we already stand. And that is why it's so important for us to seek God and to walk with him each day. God's promises are faithful. And when we walk with him, he will show us the path to take. So are you faced with financial struggles right now? Faced with sickness? Faced with pain? Faced with difficulties, despair, depression, discouragement? Are you faced with anxiety? Are you faced with anything that you know it's causing you to buckle? I'm here to tell you in Christ, you will get the victory. He will bring you triumphantly to that end because what he starts, he said he will complete. We need to step in those places that he's asking us. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert, beloved. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And it says, stand firm against him and be strong in your path, in your faith. You need to be strong in something more than what you are feeling right at this moment. Right now, as I speak, there are some of you that have embraced resentment. And you're so angry, you don't know how to deal with it. Some of you have embraced things that you cannot forgive. And you feel there's such injustice in what's going on in your life. Some of you are so bound by fear that you make your choices without God every day. Anxiety is what you experience more than you do in peace. And God is speaking to you today that if you want to walk in victory, you need to stand firm in the truth. And stop making excuses for your behavior. Stop making excuses for the choices you are making and how you are responding to these trials and setbacks. Check them out. Self-evaluate. You're under grace anyway. You have no fear of God at this point. God will never punish you. If he's exposing it, it's because he wants to set you free. This is Jesus that I'm talking about. Victory in Jesus is walking by the power of God, not in your own strength. If it's a walk lived as a child of God, knowing that he is bigger than any situation you can walk through. Walking in victory means to walk confidently and walk fearlessly, fearlessly because you know who you are in Christ. You know who you are in Christ. But we must also choose to walk in truth, beloved. Christ is our victory. So this is how I'm going to end today. I'm going to ask the worship to come up.
if we want to experience the path of victory, beloved, we will have to decide first that we all make a choice. We make the choice. And it is amazing how much we blame it on pretty much anything else so that we don't take responsibility for where we are right now, broken, wounded, and hurt. We will need a strong faith in God's word, knowing it that it will never fail us. But if we want to experience victory, we need to understand the importance of following his path to experience that victory. See, you have chosen a path. But there is no path more significant right now at this very moment is the path that God has put before you to make a decision to follow him. Matthew 7, 13 is very loud, is very clear. It says this, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. None can get to the Father but through me. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the, for the many who choose that way. That means many are choosing that path. God is constantly taking his people to a point of decision. Are you at a point of decision today? To a point in which they need to make a commitment one way or another, a point to which they know that they have to choose life or choose death because there is no in-between. If you leave here today without heeding my voice this morning, you have no guarantee of tomorrow. God is here, and he's asking you to acknowledge where you are, to examine your fruit, to check out your house. And if you recognize your need of God, then my word says that if you confess, if you repent and you believe today, and you confess him as Lord and Savior, he will bring you in in that new life I was telling you about, that new nature, that new identity, that new authority to lead well in your home, to love well your spouses and your children will come over you. And no matter what you go through, God says, I will come in and reside in you and through you bring healing and reconciliation. Many of our homes are broken, beloved. But we start here. We agree we need God. God, I have sinned. I've walked independently of you. I've chosen the path of destruction and thought that I could deal with the consequences. Today, we need to understand we had no power to change the consequences. But we do have power to choose. God says, if you confess me right now, then I will let you walk and experience this victory. And Matthew 7, 14 says this, But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. For us who are believers today, the road is difficult. And by faith, though, we need to believe that we will walk in victory. What if we truly believed that God was enough? What if we understood that he could provide, that he would protect and heal? That no matter what you are going through right now, God says, if you trust me with this, I will walk you into triumph. 
And that doesn't bank on anybody but you and God. Isn't that amazing? I don't have to wait to be free for anybody else. I just go to God. If we know the outcome of our setback is victory, we would change the path we take and the choices that we make. Amen? And this is my final scripture for you today. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. It's his power that causes us to walk well on our path. Beloved, he just wants you to say yes. So as we start singing the song, for those you are at a cross point, you realize you know who God is, you're here today. And you want to make that decision. I need you to step up. Let us pray for you. You've got those that are here. We are believers. But yet we have walked and we could not maintain victory in our life. We walk mostly in defeat. And that's not a place of shame, beloved. You keep your head up. You're still a child of God. You're not becoming a child of God. You are a child of God. We just are missing some foundational pieces. We need to stand on faith and believe that what God says is true. You are victorious. But you must choose the path I give you and you must follow. And when you do, I'll walk you into triumph as I've done to all those before me and those who will go after me. Amen. Let's stand and let's all those who need prayer, come on up. Let us pray for you today.